Hello, everybody. Welcome into episode 33 of the Always Loyal podcast brought to you by Stone Brewing. Jordan Carruth, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about soccer in San Diego. San Diego loyal, second place in USL, and they've been second place out west for quite some time. San Diego wave, top of the table in the NWSL, and they have a massive match coming up against Angel City, a sold out crowd. All of that coming up on the Always Loyal podcast. Stone Buena Mesa salt and lime lager is brewed with real lime and a touch of sea salt. It's the perfect beer for enjoying in the summer sun. Stone Brewing, also proud to be a longtime partner of the Surfrider Foundation San Diego chapter dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. That's why for every six pack of Buena Mesa salt, Stone is donating $2 to Surfrider. You can visit find.stonebrewing.com to track down Buena Mesa near you. Do Buena live with all right well everybody can blame us blame the always loyal podcast we're the one that said recently that san diego loyal had yet to drop back-to-back matches all 2022 season so if people are going to be angry at us jordan you and i are just going to have to deal with that as a matter of fact that tidbit made it onto a game broadcast used by none other than jack cronin he and Sal Zizo talked about it during a game broadcast. And now for the first time, Loyals dropped two straight, lost three out of four. First time we've seen a stretch like this all 2022. Blame us. <laughs> Blame us. Um, I, I did notice that. I noticed Landon Donovan spoke about it after that match, pointed out the fact that it, it has been the first time all season. Yeah, clearly not what you want as you're as you're going down and preparing for what will be this final stretch as you set up playoff seating. But I, I think it is also a reflection of, how different and how good the team has been that it's taken this long for this to actually happen. But this, this does tend to happen. San Diego. Now the conversation I think has changed a little bit because I think for a while we've left the door open. At least I have about the number one seed kind of being still up for grabs. I don't know how much that conversation changes, but I know the USL championship leagues website is much more interested in if San Diego could hold on to the two seed versus the three um, as opposed to actually wondering if they can take down the one seed in San Antonio. Although we do have San Antonio coming up next on the schedule. So that is a very interesting match. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's why it feels so impactful now. Not not the time. I don't know when it is a good time if you're going to drop consecutive matches. But when you're getting set to set into San Antonio. And I think we know a little bit about the brief history there. Loyal season ended last year in the playoffs on November 5th. Now, Loyal got the much better of them. Earlier this season, that one was at Torero Stadium, winning 3-0 against San Antonio. You just don't see scores like that anywhere on San Antonio Football Club's resume. You don't see that at all. But we'll get to the full analysis of the standings coming up a little later on, Jordan. 60 points for San Antonio, loyal 52 points. Keep in mind, San Antonio does have one match in hand as of the time of this recording. Colorado Springs right there in the rearview mirror with 51 points and they've won three straight. So they're as hot as it gets in the Western conference. So when you and I get on the always loyal podcast coming up next week, who knows, it could be the difference between thinking there's still a shot at the top seed in the Western conference or thinking about how it's going to play out between second and third. I don't, I don't think anybody falls back enough to the four seed, but it does feel like San Antonio is in a good position loyal and switchbacks sitting there with an outside shot at the top seed. But now clearly this is going to come down the stretch here. Who's going to end up 
with the two seed in the Western Conference. Right. The, the race, the conversation should very much be about the two versus the three seed as opposed to the one V2. Back-to-back results where it finishes 3-1, uh, something that USL Tactics talked to us last week about, was the amount of goals that San Diego allows. Now, clearly the offense is great. It's the best in USL. They've scored 58 goals. Really good. It's the best but they've allowed 44 goals. And so like, if you do start thinking about playoff time and that's exactly where all our minds are starting to go, what are you going to be able to do in a match where it's 90 minutes that dictates what's going to happen. If your defense is allowing the amount of goals that San Diego has allowed so far this season, what kind of position does that put you in? And also something we were reminded of is like red cards are not exactly uncommon for San Diego loyal. So if something like that is to happen in a playoff game, all bets are off we're starting to focus our sights a little bit more and we're starting to see real a lot more impact on what's actually happening on the field and how that's going to impact the playoff race because now all of a sudden that one seed looks like it's kind of out of reach. Right. I mean, and it especially would be out of reach unless you go to San Antonio and pick up all three points this week, which again, maybe there's a little bit of confidence because Loyal's already beaten San Antonio, maybe, or maybe recent form tells you that that, sounds and feels a little bit more unrealistic. I, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just tune in and see what happens upcoming at 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. But, you know, even beyond then, Jordan, and this is probably something we should wait a week or two before we started rolling here on this podcast, I, I started looking around at the playoff seedings and the bracket and what happens and reseeding. I said, no way. We're just... <laughs> It's it's premature. We can't start getting into this. But you know, there is a you know, there is a significant difference between two and three in terms of being able to play at home. Both two and three host home playoff, at least one home playoff match. Then after then is when it starts getting different between the two and the three. So there is something significant. You get to host at least until the conference championship if you're the two seed in either the Eastern or Western conference for USL championship, but just the remainder of the schedule, since we'll, we'll save a complete playoff analysis for somewhere down the road on a different podcast at San Antonio home on the 17th against Phoenix, much more coming up on September 17th. Talk a little bit about that coming up in our next segment mm-hmm. at Las Vegas lights, currently a playoff team in the Western conference standings at orange County on September, September or October. Uh, well, I don't know what date that is exactly, but you know, they're, they're the worst team, but they're still the defending champs right. home against New Mexico United currently a playoff team. And then at Sacramento to finish the season again, a playoff team. So when you look at it, Loyal's not played great away, not terrible. Five wins, four draws, four losses for the six away from Torero stadium. And Four of the six against current playoff teams. I suppose Phoenix got a little bit of a chance, but probably a long shot. So Loyal's got its work cut out for it. This is they're gonna earn it going into the postseason. You know, they're they're gonna go, but they're they're gonna earn it getting into the into the tournament this year. Yeah. Um and, and there's still like a few steps they have to take before you really now, obviously the goal is a championship and everyone pictures and what they want to see at the end of the year is San Diego loyal lifting the trophy. They want to see them lifting the cup, but 
I'm very much a fan that loves to see things happen before I can really start believing things are actually going to happen. So I'm, if I've seen a team do it before, it makes me feel much more comfortable to say, yeah, they're going to go out and do it. I've never seen San Diego do it. They're a new team. They haven't had a lot of opportunities. What we should kind of be focused on probably at this point are the first that are still out there for San Diego. Of course, the championship would be a first, but you know what else would be a first a, a home playoff game. We have yet to ever have one of those. So getting one of those would be a really big deal. Getting a playoff win is something that's never happened in club history. So like, those are the things you need to get before you can really start talking. Now you can talk about it, of course, and the goal is the trophy, but there are steps to be had before you get to all of that. So we're getting down to it. A couple matches to go. We'll see what the actual seed is, but San Diego's in a spot where they will be in a playoff. Like they're going to the playoffs. Like I know it's not official yet, but they're going to the playoffs and they're likely going to be playing at home. And like, imagine what Torero is going to be like for a home playoff match. We've never had that opportunity. So get through that, set that up. And then some real magic can happen beyond that. Yeah. Again, I'm, uh, I, I gave this about two seconds thought before we started recording this week about what happened down the stretch in 2021 where loyal went winless in its last five. Obviously that would include a playoff game in San Antonio where the season ended. Not there. I'm not there, you know, not with six matches to go. So it feels very much like a speed bump thus far. And interesting, just the way the last couple of the matches have been played where loyal takes an early lead that allows three unanswered in the match to Oakland at home. And then to Monterey Bay football club, which was still an amazing away trip. I got to give credit to our guy, Nick Duffy and many others who made that trip to Monterey Bay. That's something you and I had circled when the schedule came out. We're like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun getting up there and going and visiting some wine country. We didn't make that trip this season, but good for Nick Duffy and many others as well. The locals did go on tour. So nice to see that, but we're back to strength versus strength. Jordan, number one scoring club in the USL championship loyal at San Antonio, which is allowed 22 goals all season, less than a goal per match in 2022 for San Antonio. Back to that proverbial strength versus strength of offense versus defense coming up. And a shout out to Churchill's pub, kind of close to you. They'll be hosting the watch party upcoming this Saturday night. Right down the street for me. Um, Yeah, soccer has been very good in San Diego, hasn't it? San Diego loyal, second place right now, have been in second place out west for a a long time. San Diego wave have been top of the table in NWSL pretty much the entire season. Um, Also with a player that, of course, you know, Alex Morgan scoring 13 goals through 15 matches, leading the league in goals and on our way to a potential golden boot. Um, soccer has been very good in San Diego, and it's about to get even better coming up on September 17th. San Diego Wave uh, had an awesome announcement not too long ago that they have sold out that first match at Snapdragon Stadium. More than 32,000 uh, fans going to be showing up, setting a, uh, a league record an attendance record in a brand new stadium as they get ready to take on angel city coming up at snapdragon. Um, I hope you got your tickets because if you didn't, it's sold out and it's going to be a great place to be. Yeah. It's going to be a night match too. So I know we've been dealing with a little bit of a heat wave here in Southern California, Jordan. I don't know what your life has been like here in Southern California, where it is that you live. I just hope you have air conditioning. I'm spending my first summer I think maybe ever without any air conditioning and this heat wave is taking a little bit of a toll, but come September 17th at night, Snapdragon stadium record setting night, by the way, completely sold out. If you want to go and watch some soccer, I'm sure loyal would love to have you at Torero stadium on that same Saturday night. The two are playing simultaneously. 
But coming up, Jordan, we're going to meet a member of San Diego Wave. This is the Always Loyal podcast, but this is also all about San Diego synergy as we get set to welcome defender Maddie Pogarch getting set to join the Always Loyal podcast. Now, she got traded over from Portland Thorns, really one of the great NWSL clubs. I think the previous record holder, we're going to talk to Maddie, who's getting set to uh, to be part of history coming up on September 17th. So looking forward to this. I know this is the Always Loyal podcast, but man, we're here to celebrate San Diego. Absolutely. So we'll talk to Maddie Pogarch here coming up next segment with San Diego Wave. Darren mentioned just traded from Portland not too long ago in late July. Now with San Diego, we'll we'll ask her about the match coming up, the sold out match at Snapdragon. We'll ask her what it's like, what it was like playing in Portland in a city that has a very successful NWSL and MLS team and what that synergy was like up in Portland and how she found herself down here in San Diego. So a pretty fun conversation coming up with Maddie Pogarch, who joins the Always Loyal podcast next. San Diego Community Power is a not-for-profit public agency committed to providing clean, renewable energy at competitive rates and investing in innovative programs that benefit our communities. You can visit sdcommunitypower.org to learn more about cleaner energy choices. She's Maddie Pogar. She's a defender with San Diego Loyal. The newest addition, I want to say, not to Loyal, but to San Diego Wave Football Club, which had an amazing announcement here recently on the Always Loyal podcast. Poe, thanks so much. Really appreciate you taking some time to join us. Welcome to San Diego. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, how is it uh, getting traded here not too long ago? I want to say it was July. I don't have the exact day right in front of me, but tell us a little bit about adjusting to life in San Diego, spending the first, what, half plus of your season in Portland. What's life been like for you? Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, the heat is, uh, definitely been an adjustment, um, <laughs> especially this heat wave going on. I'm like, usually, I mean, I'm from the Midwest. Um, so anytime we get the sunshine, it's like, everybody go outside, let's soak <laughs> it up, absorb it. And I feel like it's and now when the sun comes out, I'm like, I need to be inside away from it as much as possible. Um, so that's actually been a pretty funny adjustment because I'm usually very much like an outdoorsy person. And, and when it's sunny and nice, I want to take advantage of the good weather. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, San Diego's it's, it's beautiful. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit, I want to call myself a foodie, um, a little bit. I just enjoy good food. And so that has been super fun to me, um, just to be able to go around and experience the new food, new environment, um, coffee shops as well. And then I've really just enjoyed like getting, I think San Diego in terms of size is much bigger than Portland. So I've really enjoyed, um, just kind of exploring and, and getting myself acquainted with, with the people and the, the like sub towns and everything like that. Um, it's been, it's been fun. It's just like all new and exciting for me. All right. So there's a couple of follow-ups there. Number one, I'm sure that somebody has explained to you by now, this is not the norm for us with weather. This is yes. extreme to say the least. Usually we catch about one week, maybe two weeks, per year and we're smack dab in the middle of that but i yeah. i feel you on that i'm living in a house without air conditioning for the first time ever oh, number two you mentioned you got a little foodie to you portland has some some good food spots here is there a place that stood out to you is there any place already in san diego that you would say early on this is already my favorite um so we uh in portland i used to frequent this place called goomba it actually started as a food truck and then it became a storefront and it was like handmade pasta um and it was one of my favorite places so um we discovered this place called cesarina out here i think it's in point loma 
I could be wrong about that. I think it's in Point Loma, um, but it's all like handmade pasta, and it is it's like it's brilliant. Um, had a really good experience, just like going and sitting, and it's kind of like cute outdoor area. Um, I, if I had to say, I feel like that would be my favorite. Um, I frequent frequented La Jolla a little bit when my family was here, just because they were really into the seeing the seals and all that. Um, so I've been to George's on the Cove and Duke's and um, I think the spot down there, there's just like a couple of like silly places, Cody's stuff like that, that um, I've been, but I'm definitely open to suggestions. I'm looking for more places to go. Cause I like to always, whenever people come and visit, I always like to have places to take people. And so um, if you guys have anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely ask the listeners of the podcast to send yeah. some recommendations your way. How did you, um, well, I guess I'll ask it this way. When did you find out you were getting traded to San Diego and what was that moment like for you? Um, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, so I was actually here um, visiting my partner for the week break that we had. And I'd been, I was honest with Portland. We, we'd been open and honest like communication since the beginning, actually the end of last season, beginning of this year. Um, and for me, I was like, I think playtime is just going to be important to the next step in my career. And I like, um, with the team that Portland has the players, it just wasn't going to be like in, in my position. It wasn't going to be, um, the outlook was looking a bit grim. And so I was, I'm open to being traded if it means that it's going to be a good environment for me to go into. Um, and it's going to help me in my career. And so we'd have, we'd had conversations, throughout the year, um, here and there, a couple of teams turned up, but nothing really, uh, piqued my interest. And then I actually found out that week that we were off, um, like two days into it or a day into it, that San Diego was likely going to be the team that I was going to. Um, so I was buzzing, super excited. I didn't know that they were actually in the cards at all. So, um, I, I had a feeling and I, I felt from when I knew San Diego was coming into, the league, um, that was probably, if I was like, if I was going to leave Portland, that was going to be the place that I wanted to go. So pretty much all the stars aligned and it worked out really well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Why do you consider San Diego to be a perfect fit? I just think like Casey's such a great coach. We've heard such good things about her. Um, I think the players, like the quality of players that we have on the roster, but the quality of people that are also on the roster is huge. I'm a big team culture person. Um, and so we could, I could see throughout the year that that was, that was driving. And then like that, they were getting on pretty well. Um, my partner's on the team. So obviously like heard some of the inside scoop and stuff as well. Um, and then, I mean, you look at like their successful team, they're, they're number one for 11 weeks straight. And so I was like, I want to go to a team that's going to be competitive. Um, so for me, I mean, San Diego also has like rich soccer history um, as a city. And so that was really exciting for me coming from Portland where soccer was so celebrated. Um, and so it just, it really just seemed like a perfect fit because uh, Portland had a lot of the things that I really valued. And I think the only other place that I could really see having that was San Diego as well. So let's talk a little bit about that because one of the things Jordan and I were talking about before you came on Poe was, was how great Portland is like Portland's got this amazing culture. I've been to a Timbers match. I haven't yet been to a Thorns match, but I have a friend who lives there. Um, wave success is speaking for itself, right? Top of the table, 
about to set an NWSL record. Tickets sold coming up September 17th. This is amazing. We've been around Loyal, which is second division, so it's different than, than Portland. But we talk all the time about the culture. Tell us a little bit about Portland. Tell us a little bit about how that works, what sort of camaraderie there is. I know it's a, it's a different dynamic with ownership, et cetera. But uh, if we were to take something from Portland, from the way uh, the Thorns and, and the way the Timbers operate and their great supporter culture, you know, what, what could we learn from them since we're relatively new here? Um, you know, to be honest, I think looking at San Diego and, and the loyal and everything from, from my view and just from the short time that I've been here, I feel like we're on the right track. I think what's special about San Diego and Portland is there's not a ton of pro teams. So in Portland, it was only the Trailblazers, the Thorns, and the Timbers. And I think here it's the Loyal, um, the Wave, and then there's... Padres, baseball, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Padres. So there's not a ton of games for, you know, we don't have football. It's not like we're loaded with sports teams for, you know, people to pick any kind of game that they want to go to on the weekend. So I think that is a big advantage to have because for, for us... Um, for myself and like the team in Portland, that's where we drew a lot of our fans is because they didn't have any other like really sports teams to support. And so everyone became soccer fans. Everyone became, um, you know, everyone's a trailblazer fan. And I, so I see the same thing kind of happening here, even at Torero, when we would, um, when I was on the thorns and we would visit, I mean, it is a smaller stadium, but it felt like it was absolutely packed with people. Like the atmosphere there was unbelievable. And like, it was loud and it gave me that feeling that I got at Providence park. Um, and I think that's very special. I think because you can fill a stadium and not have that same atmosphere, or you can have a lot of people. I know there's like other teams in the league that have more than five, they have like seven, eight, 10 sometimes, then it doesn't feel that way. Um, so I think the buy-in from the people in the city to support the teams that they have is huge. Um, I think what's special about the uh, like 107 ist and um, the Timbers Army and the Riveters is that they genuinely supported the people um, within within the teams. Like I know if there was a project that I was working, on, I had some like personal projects that I worked on. Like I was raising money for um, the Trevor Project in June and they're very active in trying to help that stuff out like um, on their social media or in person and they're donating and they're commenting. And so that kind of thing, I feel like the relationship between the fan groups, the ownership and team were very tight. Um, and I think that's really what helps the whole city kind of feel like we are all in on this like championship run together. Um, and I think, I see that. I can see that happening. I think with Snapdragon, the way it's the tickets have absolutely blown up. I think with the supporters and the the sirens that we have now, I know like I haven't been to a low game yet, but I've seen them on TV. I had a couple of buddies who played, <clears throat> excuse me, for the loyal, and I just I think it's I think it's super cool, and I think we're on the right track as long as we can just continue to to show up for the teams that are there. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit, you know, talking about Torero Stadium. I, I, I just wonder what the reaction was like, Poe, for you, for the rest of your teammates, when uh, they set a very, very lofty ambition of of setting the all-time NWSL record, check, and then, hey, let's sell the place out, check. What was it like just when you guys hear this, you know, that you're going to be part of this? You know, we've watched women's football all over the world from Barcelona, Real Madrid to the women's Euros. We're seeing attendance records uh, falling in in this sport. I mean, it's it's skyrocketing right now. I just wonder what it was like when you when you guys found out not only were you going to set the record, but you also sold the place out. Yeah, I mean, 
we were all so excited. I think, um, I don't remember if it was maybe an off day or during training that we had seen it, but I remember coming back in the locker room and people were like, we sold it out. We sold it out. And we were just so stoked because I think everyone, we knew it was a more of a lofty goal, like 30,000, you know, there's not stadiums available in the league that had capacity for that availability. Um, or there's not all of them. And so I think for us, we were like, this is an opportunity that we have to fill it. And I really hope we can do it because I think, um, with the rivalry game that we're going to be playing against LA um, and like the location and just being a new club. I had a good feeling because I even came to a wave game before I got traded. Um, and I came and I watched and I was like basically like a spectator. And I thought, I was like, there are so many people here who are just all about the San Diego wave. Like the head to toe and gear, they want signatures, they have signs, they have posters. And I'm like, they're not just showing up for like, to kill some time with their family. They're not just showing up to dinner. They are into it. And so I was like, I really do think um, with like the personality of the supporters that we have, that we could sell it out. And so I think it was really only a matter of time, but to do it early and with plenty of days left, I think is just, is really cool. I know a lot of the girls have um, family coming. I have a good group of my family coming. And so I think it's really going to be a fun weekend and just like everyone's going to be around kind of witness that history um, it's been really cool. I think for us to kind of, as an NWSL, like put our own stamp on the growth of the women's game. Cause it has been growing overseas and you've seen massive, you've seen massive stadiums sell out massive stadiums that men have been playing in for years. And so to have that, um, opportunity to fill the capacity and to do it, it's just super exciting. I'm just so excited. I think in the next like two to five years to see where this game goes and how it continues to grow. So we're about to see more than 30,000 people show up to watch you guys play. You mentioned that sometimes you've played in front of big crowds and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a big crowd. So what, what advice, I guess, is the best way to say this? How, how do fans make the biggest impact in a match? When you have the opportunity of 30,000 plus people about to show up, how are they going to be as effective as possible? What's the best way to be a fan in that moment? I think just engaging in the game as much as you can. Um, I know as a player, I very much feed off the crowd. Even if I hear somebody like, oh, you're doing or this and that. And when I went back to Portland, I heard people saying, boo or like we miss you anything like that i i can hear it and so i think any like and i i think sometimes it's almost um underappreciated how much they can play into the momentum of a game i remember coming to the wave as a visitor um when we played when portland played the wave uh, a few months ago and um the wave really started to gain momentum. They were coming at us. They were coming at us. And I could just feel the crowd. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, we have to like kill this momentum because not only is the energy from the players against us, it's also the crowd and we have to like manage that. And it's just so much harder to manage that as an away player when like, it's not only the teams coming at you or they're like, they're cheering from the bench. It's like all around you and you're now surrounded and trying to block out so much more noise. So I think as fans continue to learn and just engage in the game. Um, it's super exciting. Cause it just makes like when someone breaks away, you know, or someone beats a line or plays a move and then it just makes everything like so much more exciting, more heightened. And so I think it just feels super genuine to like the actual support of the game and the players. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I think we have, a, I, I think we have a great group supporters group. I think we have really good fans. I think it's going to absolutely blow up. So I'm, I'm not too worried, honestly. Oh, your, your year has been, 
it seems like it's been great. I mean, not many players get traded from like a real, like Portland's a good team. Like that's yeah, a team yeah, currently yeah. fourth place. Yeah. Now you're with the team top of the table in San Diego wave. I have no idea if maybe you want to see Portland in the playoffs. I don't know if that's something you even want, but I'm excited to see how the story has started for you. And I'm really excited to see how this plays out for you guys the rest of the season. It, it's clearly you have enough talent to, to win it all. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I came from Portland. It's a good team. They've been a good team. I think they have a lot of rich tradition, but um, I think the wave is really special because we have not seen in previous years an inaugural team do this well. And to come in, you know, from what we've known from historically in that WSL, the new team takes a year or two to really get into it. And they're usually kind of closer to the bottom of the group. And so for a new team to come in this year, and I remember being on board and going, wow, they are just like flying because they just took off after challenge cup it was like a couple months and they just took off and they really didn't stop from there um and so to have that like standard set for new teams as well coming in i think it's going to be great and i think that just continues to like push the game because it's like there's no excuse at this point you know for new teams to to underperform um and so yeah i mean coming from portland it's like been rich in tradition obviously i spent my, the portland was the first team that I started at so I spent three and a half years the first three and a half years of my career there and like just learning learning how they play learning the game there, feeding off that energy I remember thinking like wow this is such a special place but I think I honestly think other clubs are starting to catch up you see the fans at LA is pulling um you know we're going to sell out with like we've sold out the stadium and so I think other teams are starting to catch up so that's again what I'm like curious to see in the next few years Portland's a great team and they will probably continue to be a great team, but I'm wondering if other teams will start to like really compete against them. Um, and I, I, I do think the wave can do that because I think every game that the two teams have played against each other this past year, it's, it's been a competition. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it's exciting. Um, it was hard to leave Portland. Obviously they're a great team. I've really, I really enjoyed it there. Um, but I'm excited for this next journey for sure. Yeah, by the way, I don't think you've lost one of those. I think I looked this up. I tried to do this real quick before you came on, Poe. I think the two sides, Portland and, and San Diego, have played each other four times. Mm -hmm. Twice during the Challenge Cup, Portland got the better of, of Wave. And then during the season, I want to say 2-2 two -two draw when you were there. Yep. And then traded here, and you won up there in what was a pretty pivotal match. So yeah. you've been on the right side of this one in Yeah, no, I've been on the good you? side, luckily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember because uh, we had some media interviews and stuff. People were like, you know, are you hoping, like, what are you hoping to get out? You know, obviously we're going back to Providence. And I was like, I like winning at Providence. You know, I love winning there. So why stop now? You know, like stay on the winning side of it. And hopefully because we were looking for uh, the wave was looking for the first win against them in the year. And so I was like, now's a great time to get it. So I'm um, yeah, happy, very happy with that result for sure. Yeah. 64 minutes there. You were right in the middle of that all. How can people follow uh, you, everything that you got going on? You mentioned a little bit uh, how philanthropic you've been earlier this year during pride month. Uh, I think had a, a GoFundMe for uh, the Trevor project yep. uh, for anything uh, related to you. How, how can people follow along with whatever it is that you got cooking these days? Yeah. I'm uh, I have a page on Facebook. Um, and it's uh, it's also connected to my Instagram. So my Instagram is Maddie Pogarsh. Twitter is also Maddie Pogarsh. And then my Facebook um, should be connected to the Instagram. I usually just kind of post on there um, for the most part. I've done a couple giveaways the last couple of years um, to raise money. I did it for the Trevor Project. And then I did it for um, Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression uh, the previous year. And so that's probably the best way to stay in touch, I think, um, Day to day, I probably use Instagram more, but when it comes to to staying up to date with um, 
some of the giveaways and some of the projects I'm working on Twitter and Instagram are pretty updated with that. Great. Paul, nice to meet you. Thank you for doing this. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's really fun. I'll have to get out to a loyal game sometime. All right, Darren, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app, the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. Well, you got to love it, Jordan. Looking at the top of the Western Conference standings, you see two clubs that are playing each other this weekend. San Antonio mentioned a little bit earlier, 60 points through 27 matches. Loyal sitting on 52 points through 28 matches, dropping three of their last four back-to-back for the first time in 2022. Colorado Springs switchbacks, 51 points right in the rearview mirror for Loyal Sac Republic, who will see midweek. And I do want to say, I hope they win. I hope they win the U.S. Open Cup, taking on Orlando City. Sac Republic, fourth place, 43 points. New Mexico United, fifth place, 42 points. El Paso Locomotive, sixth place, 40 points. And Vegas, Las Vegas Lights, 37 points through 28 matches. They are in seventh place. Top seven go to the Western Conference playoffs. Los Dos at 36, Oakland Roots and Phoenix Rising just a couple of points back as well. So we're hitting the home stretch here. 28 down, Jordan, and six remaining in 2022. Yes, uh, not an easy schedule down the stretch for San Diego Loyal. I want to give our thanks again to Madison Poe, Pogarch for joining the Always Loyal podcast. I mean, I think we've all allowed ourselves just as soccer fans in San Diego to to dream of the idea of both the men's and women's teams lifting a trophy at the end of the season, especially the way that it's been going for both sides this year. There's there's plenty of competition in, on both sides, NWSL and USL, San Diego currently second out West, San Diego, a team that's been top of the table for a good amount of the season um, and with the best player in the league. Um, I mean, I, I think we've all at least allowed ourselves to to go down that road, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I realize that in this country, we don't throw, uh, you know, a ton of accolades towards teams that win during the regular season. But, you know, I, I still like the idea. I know that the supporter shield in MLS has its flaws. I think the NWSL shield, which goes to the club with the best record currently, San Diego Wave, is in that position still with plenty of season to go. But, you know, I, I do appreciate that, you know, that they still will recognize whom it was that was the best club during the regular season. And I'd even like to see that. You never know what's going to happen in a postseason, right? We saw this last year with the USL playoffs. You see this every year. Playoffs can have a little bit of a crapshoot feel to it. But, you know, I, I do like that you, you know, you have a club there in town with San Diego Wave that might be on its way to an NWSL Shield. So I think that's pretty cool. One thing I really... I appreciated the fact that she admitted that she can hear what people say when she's playing games right. and like, she'll process that. Cause a lot of times you'll have players tell you like, I oh, know I can't hear it. That's just like white noise. Like the fans, like I can hear stuff, but I'm not hearing anything specific. And so like, you never really know what, what message is actually getting across. I love the fact that she was willing to say like, yeah, no, I can, I can hear a lot. And I, like I, it inspires me and it motivates me at times. So you can, as a fan and as a supporter, and I think more so in this sport than most others, um, you can really have an impact on what's happening out there on the field. So by the way, how about a how about... plus thousand coming up for their next one? That like you, there's a real opportunity to, to leave your mark as a fan. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And you know, how about having the inside scoop from uh, inside of, of the locker room there when your partner yeah. plays for the club, you could be like, so tell me all about that coach. Tell me all about the teammates. Tell me what it's like playing in front of this goalkeeper that I'm going to be playing in. That's some, some pretty good Intel when you can find it. Sometimes it'll be, Hey, you know, you got a former teammate, 
whatever, whatever. But, you know, to have a former teammate and a partner inside, I'm sure that was incredibly helpful as well. And do hit her up with restaurant recommendations. I feel like she was putting us on the spot. I don't know if you were prepared to offer a restaurant recommendation. I mean, I've been to Juniper yeah, and Ivy. Whole and, list. Yeah, I've been to Juniper and Ivy recently in Little Italy, somewhere thereabouts. So I was prepared to to go back there. But man, there's all sorts of uh, great opportunities to go and enjoy this town's culinary scene. So yeah. hit up Poe, hit up Maddie, if you will. I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. That was fun. That was um, we have yet to chat with anyone from San Diego Wave yet on the podcast. I'm glad we did so. Um, I'm glad we found that opportunity. So really good stuff from Madison. We appreciate that. Really, really fun conversation. And I think like a perfect guest for a podcast because you have time to really open up and dig a little bit deeper about a lot of the things that has happened in her life in the last couple of months, getting traded from Portland to San Diego, like a couple of weeks ago, essentially, and having everything change, um, especially with what she told us, not exactly knowing which team she was going to be traded to and she told us she was surprised when she found out it was going to be San Diego. It was a good surprise. She was very happy with it. But I mean, I just love the fact that you're able to kind of dig in a little bit more and learn more about that story. So she's yeah, amazing and, guest. And now add her to the list of people that we got to get out to a loyal match yeah. as well. Because Jerks and Profar is on that list, mm-hmm. except baseball players. They're so hard. And we got to shout out Jerks and Profar. This guy is wearing that loyal shirt that we gave him all over the place. He's wearing it during batting practice at Dodger Stadium. He's wearing the white away kit. He's wearing it inside of the clubhouse. I've been told by sources of mine, Jordan, that Jerks and Profar is rocking this loyal shirt all the time. He's right. just wearing it nonstop. So we do appreciate that. We got to get him out there. We got to get Poe and her teammates out there. Uh, we're going to have a nice long list of people that we got to get passes to, to come on out to Torero stadium and watch loyal play. Yeah, absolutely. We can have like a whole section of just all the guests from the always loyal podcast, watching a match together at Torero stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. All right no Kyle Adams this week. Remember red card, right? Maybe convert some of those chances early on. It feels like that's been a thing over the last couple of matches. So be nice to see the ball go in the net uh, a couple of times during the half, but should be a real challenging one there on uh, Saturday night, Jordan. I'm sure people will be packing Churchill's pub. Yes, Churchill's, where I watched. God, what year is this? What year was it that um, Man U played Chelsea in the Champions League final? Was that 2009? Mm. The slip? Yeah. I think it was 2009. That's where I watched that final. I've watched a lot of soccer matches at Churchill's. Great soccer pub. Yeah, really good. Really good. And they have good food. And an amazing beer list. Like, they have... They have like rare stuff and they have it before other people. They they're a good spot. Cool. All right, Darren, we'll, uh, we'll see you at Churchill's I'll buy you a beer. Stay cool. Jordan Baja bound driving to Mexico, visit bajabound.com for the easiest way to get Mexican auto insurance for your trip. Their easy to use website allows you to buy your Mexico insurance in minutes from your computer or any mobile device. Bajabound.com serving Mexico travelers since 1994. 